And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode 386. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Happy late fall to everybody out there as things begin to chill down a little bit. We've had a little bit of snow, a little bit of sleet. None of it is stuck, but, you know, we have that constant reminder that we're getting towards winter now. Winter will be the, the solstice, the 21st of December, which will be shortly before next episode comes out. So um, we will have a episode dropping as normal on the 24th Christmas Eve, uh, but we are going to be talking about mythology that episode rather than, than comics. Anyway, uh, so welcome everybody on board and hope you all are doing well, staying safe, etc. All right. So this week, we are going to continue our coverage of Thor Volume 3 right after this music. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You behold in breathless wonder the God of Thunder, mighty Lord. Indeed, and this week we are beholding in Breathless Wonder, Thor number six. This is the Thor Volume 3 2007 series. This was released February of 2008. Uh, cover art is by Koipel and Morales and Martin and shows uh, Thor with his hammer raised behind his head. He is racing towards the camera. The uh, hammer is lightning and it's a very dynamic cover here of Thor charging at us and thankfully he won't hit us because we open up to the opening page of the story where we have Don Blake and he's sitting in the uh, the diner here in Broxton, Oklahoma and we've got uh, uh, Billy who's uh, I forget I forget his last name but is the the guy whose father owns the cafe who kind of runs the cafe and uh, Blake is having breakfast, and we see he is having toast and eggs and bacon. And uh, Billy's saying, I got to tell you, Doc, you missed all the excitement while you were running around with all these foreign doctors. Really, says Blake. Heck yeah. One thing sure, it was probably the weirdest town meeting we've ever had. Wouldn't you say, Bill Jr.? And that's coming from one of the, uh, the other locals here. That it was, for sure. And you see, the diner is very full. A lot of people there. You don't really see scenes like that anymore, do we? Anyway, um, yeah, no social distancing or anything. Won't forget that one for a month of Sundays. I can tell you that much right now. And uh, we shift to uh, the uh, the actual meeting where we can see uh, you know half the room is uh, you know the locals, and the other half of the room are, are various as guardians. The only one of which is is recognizable as uh, Volstagg. 
and we have uh, appears to be the mayor or one of the councilmen or something talking to everybody and uh, just talking about what needs to be done in the town. And I know it's going to cost a lot of money to run all that PVC pipe and dig up half the town, but the town council and I think it's important to finish moving the houses north of State Street from a septic tank system to a sewer drain system. That should solve all the problems we have every fall with black flow from the rains, and... I have a question, Mayor Cletus. Uh, yes, Mr. Volstag, was it? Aye. What's a septic tank, and what's a sewer system? Uh, <laughs> mayor's looking around and not really saying anything. It's, that is to say, these are components for indoor plumbing. Ah, and what's that, says Volstag. It's how we carry away waste products, and uh, don't you have toilets in Asgard? No, 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 says Volstagg. Traditionally, we'd just fire everything over the wall. The goats used to love it. The frost giants, not so much. Y yes, but... Asgard is the shining city, and we intend to keep it that way. I understand that's how you'd do things when Asgard was, well... Wherever it was before it was here. But now that you are here, surely you're not. Well, that is. Are you still? And <laughs> the, the Asgardians are looking around like, oh, they caught us there. And uh, uh, one of the, the council people's like, well, at least we know what's been causing that pungent wind from the south I was telling you about. And the mayor is kind of... Uh, mopping his forehead, and he's writing down in his paper, Schedule Sanitation and Safety Code Inspection for Asgard. And uh, we have a uh, shift in scenes, and we got a father and son, and they're next to a broken-down pickup truck in the middle of nowhere. And uh, we get a little bit of uh, narration here. It was just a few days ago when I just turned off the 81 on the Bray when I got a flat tire... And the little kid is asking his dad, So how come you didn't get one of those turn jacks, Dad? They're easier. It's what came with the car, Steve. It's an old car. It's got an old jack. Yeah, but still. Just keep an eye on the road so I don't get run down. Maybe somebody will come along who can lend a hand. And he's trying, I don't know what he's, he says he's got a flat tire, but he's underneath the car I don't know what he's supposed to be doing under there. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And uh, we then see somebody is coming, and somebody is on foot. It looks to be Hogan, Hogan the Grim from the uh, silhouette here. And the kid's like, oh, Dad, yeah, I think somebody's coming. And we see Hogan is here, and he's got two boars strapped to his back. And uh, he's walking along, and the uh, father slips out from underneath the car, and Hogan says, is something wrong? Yeah, I, yeah, my dad's got a dumb old jack because it's a dumb old car. And Stephen, let me help, says Hogan. And he drops the two boars down and with a boomf. And he lifts up the back of the truck. And he's just holding it there while uh, the, the guy is fixing the, uh, the tire. See, the, the kid, Steve, is looking at the uh, two boars that are uh, sitting here with flies flying around him. Thanks. Mighty neighborly of you. This will just take a second. I already loosened the lug nuts. 
So, where'd you get the boars? I didn't think there were any to be hunted around here. The nearest wild boars I know about are in Texas. That is correct, says Hogan. Well, the Texas border is over 100 miles from here. You trying to tell me you carried those things all the way from Texas? It's where they were to be hunted, says Hogan. I don't see any gunshots on this one. It was not shot. Then how'd you? I struck it. You hit it? I knocked it out. Done, says the, the father, and uh, Hogan lowers the car. Much appreciated, Mr. Hogan. Hogan? Listen, it's a long, hot walk back to town. I could give you a lift. There's room in the back. And we see Hogan, he lifts the two uh, boar carcasses back up on his back, and he says, Thank you, but I find the walk refreshing. It is my hope to be the first Asgardian with a tan. And he moves on down the road again, carrying his two boars with him. So, how come you never punched a boar and knocked it out, Dad? Just get in the car, Steve. And we can see now that uh, Jim, the, the father, is relating this to other people in the cafe. And, and uh, people are asking him, so what happened after that, Jim? Not much to say. We went home, had dinner with the wife. Since then, Steve's been holed up all day reading about Norse gods. Don't know what they'll make of that in Sunday school. Don't worry about it, says Bill. It's not like he's the only one doing that these days. So we, we see that, you know, that while he's telling the story in the cafe, there are other people around. And one of these people is Blake, who's finishing the breakfast that we saw on the front page. And uh, one of the locals uh, talking to Bill Jr. So you going to tell your story? And that gets Blake's attention he turns around and he's like you've got a story not much details says bill jr no yep it's nothing it's i was out walking the other night i guess it was past midnight i don't sleep real well and sometimes walking helps and we see he's out walking and a voice comes from by a, uh, a fence and it says uh good evening and it turns out to be this uh, Asgardian woman who's uh, basically standing here and glowing softly in the uh, the street. And Bill Jr. is like, uh, uh, hi. I was taking the night. It is beautiful, is it not? Yes, yeah, beautiful. And he's, he's just staring at her. I had thought once that I might see no more nights, no more stars, that I had come to the end of all things. Such a strange thought I see now. We have an infinite number of nights within us, if we believe. My name is Kelda. Born I was of light and sky, of sunrises and wind. And you are? Uh, Bill. Born of Bills. Uh, that is, my grandfather was Big Bill. And my dad, he was Little Bill. And me, I'm Bill Jr. It's kind of a stupid name now that I think of it, but no. It is a fine name. Bill is for William, third in your line, William the Third. I once knew a William the Third, a king and sovereign of his people. He would whisper to me in his dreams. I think he sought the truth, but that was long ago, centuries. A proud name. You should wear it thus. Yes, ma'am. Ma'am. Well, it is late. And I should return to my... Wait, says Bill. 
Before you go, can I ask you a question? Of course. What? What's it like living up there? It is a remarkable thing, William. Not so much the place, but the question. You see, we spend much of our time looking over the wall and wondering, what is it like living down here? Since I have indulged my curiosity, perhaps you will do the same and come one night to satisfy your interests. Good night, William. And uh, she goes off, and William is like, Night. Sound to me like somebody's in love. Not a chance, says Bill. She's, well, way above me. Come on, you know you want to. My dad had a saying. A bird can love a fish, but where would they build a house together? And they kind of stare thoughtfully about that, and, and uh, Blake speaks up on the edge of the river. And uh, that could spills attention, and uh, Bill's like, Maybe so, Doc. Maybe you got something there. I guess the important thing is that we're not afraid to try for what we care about, even if it's impossible. That's right, Bill, says Blake. And we see uh, the ghostly astral image of, of Thor sitting across from Blake. And we're, we're in another one of those like extra-dimensional reveries that we've had since issue number one uh, of uh, Thor and Blake speaking in this sort of glowy world, you know, that's kind of beyond the real world. Or even if it has consequences we may not want, says Blake. So many I did not wish to summon forth have been recalled from the darkness by trickery, by deceit. How many more would I restore by intent should I do what is in my heart, says Thor. All of them, probably. You know of whom I speak. Yes, Odin. We have here the means for creating a new future, free of the old ways, the old rules, the old limitations. Odin would know only those ways. He would lead us down familiar paths. I do not wish to walk those roads again, Blake, nor would I lead any of my people down them. Their deaths have purchased for them the right to find new lives, lives of hope, lives they wish to lead, not the lives they were forced or fated to lead. That's true, says Blake. But on the other hand, you wait much longer and maybe some of the other gods in human form get killed when their host gets hit by a car or shot in a drive-by. There are no easy answers, Thor. Wouldn't be life if there were. And uh, he's saying that sort of as he's tr kind of transferring between the two worlds and uh, he's leaving the, the um, diner after paying. See you later, Bill, says Blake. Take care, Doc, says Bill. And uh, apparently he was talking out loud and in the diner and the, the other people looking at him as he goes, nice guy, but is it me or was he talking to himself? He's from New York, Dave, says Bill. They're funny that way. And Blake uh, heads out towards uh, Asgard and he's uh, standing down below and he pulls out the cane and he's like, it's now or never, Thor. I know. Then let it be now. And he bangs the cane on the ground and he changes into Thor with a crack of boom. And uh, we see the lightning uh, striking down uh, you know, across Asgard. Other Asgardians are seeing it. And uh, we see Loki. And she's just kind of standing on uh, one of the precipices that seems so common in Asgard. And she's saying, 
Yes, brother, yes. Bring the storm and thunder. Summon the lightning. Let it guide you to the other side. Poor foolish brother, always forgetting that lightning is but a flicker of light, punctuated on all sides by darkness. And uh, we shift again to elsewhere in Asgard where we have Heimdall, of course, looking out over everything. And they see the lightning as well. And, and Volstagg is there uh, kind of coming up the stairs and talking to Heimdall. My eyes are blurred by, well, whatever it was I ate and drank last night. What do you see, good Heimdall? The future, Volstagg, says Heimdall. The future. And we see Thor flying up into the sky, the lightninging down, and he's just kind of flying there, and he's uh, above the, the ground, and he starts whipping his hammer around. You know that he's, there's some sort of a spell going on here to bring back more Asgardians or to bring back Odin or whoever. And he's uh, whipping his hammer around, and he's thinking to himself, or actually talking to Blake in the astral realm, I do not know if I can do this, Blake. I do not know if I can survive doing this. I do not know the consequences, whatever and whoever may be summoned forth, whether I will live or die in the effort. I know only that I must try. If I should fall, find Sif. Tell her I love her. Tell her. Tell her. That I fell loving her above all risk, all danger, all consequence. Tell her goodbye. And he's whipping the hammer around and creating his giant spell very, very high up in the sky over the whole earth. So I guess he's just trying to bring all the rest of the Asgardians back at this point. And uh, he's struck uh, many, many times by lightning. And he's going, argh! And we shift scenes to a, uh, looks like the bridge of a ship. And uh, the captain and, and crew on the ship and... Um, there's a guy uh, is kind of you know, tracking the weather as, as they do on ships. Captain, we're picking up some pretty bad weather on the satellites. Which ones? All of them. And we see lightning cascading all around the earth. Uh, just, uh, we see uh, you know, Japan and Russia, New York, and it's just lightning, li lightning bolt after lightning bolt just kind of scattered around the world. And we see one strike the ground, it looks like in New York, or the Badoom, and uh, brings back a, uh, a warrior, uh, you know, Asgardian warrior. And then we see others, and it looks like Hollywood, Rio de Janeiro, other places. And, you know, Thor is uh, still getting struck by all these, these lightning bolts and the magic. We can see the magic flowing out. And uh, we have Loki uh, in Asgard, and she's kind of... Um, narrating what's going on here. Lightning, darkness, the one can never be the equal of the other. In the end, the darkness must always overwhelm and hurl back the light. And we shift back to Thor, and he is kind of floating above the ground, or I should say he's falling from far above the, uh, the earth. He's uh, falling unconscious from the effort of, of doing everything he just did. It is done. It is done. They are returned. All of them. All. And he's falling unconscious and falling to the ground. And he's like, find her. Tell her. And he plummets to the ground and crashes on the ground. And we see him laying in a giant crater. 
in the dust, in the desert. It could be Oklahoma. It could be elsewhere. But it probably is in Oklahoma because that would be easier for the story. And we close on Thor just kind of laying there dead or unconscious or sleeping or something. And there's a to be continued. And we have the title of the story, Wandering Gods. And we have the credits. My J. Michael Straczynski was the writer. Oliver Koypel was the penciler. Mark Morales was the inker. Laura Martin was the colorist. Chris Iliopoulos was the letterer. Alejandro Arbona was the assistant editor. Warren Simons was the editor. Joe Casada was the editor-in-chief. And Dan Buckley was the publisher. And that is Thor Volume 3, number 6. And we'll be talking about this issue right after this message. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert. All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You're Starfleet officers. Now start acting like it. Oh, it's just Garrett. Plain, simple, Garrett. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. It's what you to become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. Starfish, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to The Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. Bloody hell. Oh, I love a woman in uniform. Only on TwoTrueFreaks.com. And we're back, and we have a few comments about the issue, as we always do. It's really hard for me to talk about a series that is so thoroughly enjoyable, because we have... Yeah, pretty good writing by J. Michael Straczynski, who is not a comics writer I've been overly enamored with in the past. These are not perfect issues. They're, you know, the, the various subplots and plots and so forth, not all of them are, are good ideas, but I do think that at very least they're well executed. I do like the sense of interplay that we're starting to get here in the story between the Asgardians and the people of Broxton, Oklahoma. That is something I, that I think the series is probably going to continue on and, and develop a little further. Not that we're going to be seeing that anytime soon. We do have other things that we're going to move on to after um, the next couple of episodes. But, uh, you know, perhaps sometime we'll, we'll return to these and, and see what's going on here. But uh, it is interesting. You have this kind of interplay between the Asgardians and the people of Midgard, and particularly with this, uh, this Bill Jr. storyline that we have going on. Uh, and, of course, Koypel's art, you know, Morales inks and Laura Martin's colors, just amazing. I mean, the art still looks fantastic. You know, it's variable, and I've noticed that some of the uh, the townspeople are becoming more stylized and almost caricatures, um, you know, as opposed to looking realistic. But I understand you kind of have to do that, you know, because you have to be able to tell everybody apart. Everybody has to be pretty distinct. And I, I wonder if we're going to be seeing, you know, a lot of these characters just once and then, you know, going away and you just have new characters come in other than a few core people 
or if they're going to keep a lot of these people around who are kind of very distinctive looking so that we understand you know, who they are, kind of like what they do with the Asgardians. I mean, there's a lot of Asgardians that we just kind of see in the background and you know, we don't have any idea who they are. But the main core, you know, we have the Warriors 3 and, and of course, Balder and, and the major characters. Um, yeah, so anyway... Um, yeah, interesting and uh, enjoyable, and we'll say it's hard to, to not say good things about it without being really, really repetitive, and that's what I'm afraid we're being here. All right, and with that, I'm going to wrap this up for this week, folks. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And, of course, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us over on the Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard over there, and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, though not Oklahoma. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>